Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> did you know that we run a monthly book club every month we vote for a horror sci-fi or thriller book and we read and discuss it this month's choice is the horror classic shirley jackson's the haunting of hill house so if you just like an excuse to read more some cool people to chat about what you're reading with or you just like to jump in and share your favorite books Come and join the Hawk and Readers Club over in our Facebook group. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Or just search Hawk and Cleaver in the Facebook search bar. Two Sides. Written by Andy Conduit Turner. Narrated by Ian McEwan. Tonight would be the end of this nightmare. Jake had always considered himself to be a pragmatic person, certainly not prone to jumping to conclusions or believing in anything that belonged in the realm of fiction. Yet this was the situation he now found himself in as he sped through the driving rain towards the rendezvous detailed in the note, which now lay crumpled on the passenger seat of his car. He glanced across at the accursed correspondence once again, the streetlights overhead periodically illuminating the handwritten document, which still retained the creases from where it had been wrapped around the brick, which had expedited its delivery through his window a few hours ago. Perhaps the most disturbing thing about the letter wasn't the content, the demands to come alone to a distant and isolated parking structure at 3am or even the enclosed photo of his wife, Sarah, looking absolutely terrified. 
It was the fact it was handwritten in a style so familiar that, had he not known otherwise, he would have sworn he had written it himself. Unfortunately, Jake did know better. In many ways, something simple and rational like a good old-fashioned breakdown into raving paranoia would be a blessing compared to the impossible situation he found himself in. In half a mile, take the exit. The voice of the sat-nav chimed in with the next instruction. He wasn't too far now, and when he arrived, he'd end it. The early incidents could have easily been mistaken for coincidences or simple cases of mistaken identity, and certainly nothing sinister. Pete, on reception at work, asking how the rest of his weekend had been after supposedly seeing him in town when he'd actually been away visiting family. Then, the following week, he visited a new restaurant for his and Sarah's weekly date night, only for the waiter to warmly greet him and state chokingly that they must be doing something right for him to visit two nights on the bouts. These apparent coincidences increased in frequency over the course of around two weeks, and led no further than a few jokes about having a look-alike in town, a story for dinner parties, but nothing more dubious than that. It was only then that things began to escalate. Jake's neighbor spent days acting unusually evasive in comparison to his usually friendly self before calling round to supposedly clear the air after some argument they'd allegedly had. Next, Jake's manager called an unexpected meeting with him to address some inappropriate comments Jake had been making to his colleagues in the area outside the building designated for smoking breaks. Jake's denial of these claims was so vehement that HR produced footage from the building's security cameras, clearly showing him smoking in the break area. And while there was no audio, the looks on his co-workers' faces were evidence enough. It was as he drove home that he received the first call. With his phone still in his pocket and unable to read the display, he answered the call assuming it would be Sarah, seeing if he'd left work yet, the call routing through the car stereo system. The voice he heard was the last one he'd expected. It was his own. You're a thief, the voice began accusatorially. I'm sorry, what? was all Jake could manage in response, confused. You've stolen everything from me! My face, my voice, everything! The life you're enjoying is rightfully mine. So consider this your notice. I'm taking it back. The call was dropped before Jake could respond, but the whole thing left him feeling cold. He wasn't even sure how to explain it to Sarah. He did, of course, in a rambling explanation liberally peppered with phrases including classics such as now this will sound crazy, and I didn't believe it either, but hear me out. She was supportive and believed something unusual was going on, but being even more firmly of the school of thought that all things can be rationally explained, her support was focused on rational courses of action he might take. The torment escalated further 
and in the space of less than a month, Jake had found himself banned from his gym and three local bars following what he was told was an unacceptable attitude towards staff and other customers, on his final warning at work, and in receipt of a restraining order issued on behalf of his neighbour. Finally taking one of Sarah's suggestions, Jake drastically changed his look. He got contacts to remove the need to wear his glasses, had his hair shaved down short, and abandoned his beard, going completely clean-shaven for the first time since his late teens. For a few days, this seemed to have done the trick. Jake began to tell himself that this must have been enough to satisfy this phantom lunatic. Feeling relieved, he'd been mulling over the logistics of moving to make a fresh start with Sarah elsewhere, as he left work for the day when he saw a brown envelope awaiting him on the windshield of his car. Jake's heart sank, and his blood chilled even before he opened it. The envelope was filled with Polaroid photographs of him sporting his new look, going about his regular day. Except, the photos were not of him. He'd recognized none of the locations or activities from the pictures, and each picture had written in his own handwriting, across the lower border of the photograph, Stop copying me. Flipping through the images in a panic, some slipped his grasp and blew away in the rising wind, before Jake shoved the remainder back into the envelope as his phone began to vibrate wildly as several notifications arrived at once. Instinctively retrieving the device, he unlocked the screen to find it now teeming with notifications from every social media platform he was on, informing him he'd been tagged in several photos. He got the gist of the intent as soon as he viewed the first few. It was him, or rather, not him, in several compromising scenarios with several people that he'd never met before, and clearly the worse for drink and drugs. Comments and reactions from friends, family, and strangers alike began flooding in, but before he could respond, another notification flashed up. This time, a text from his bank. Reminder, you have reached your agreed overdraft limit. No further withdrawals of funds are possible until your account returns to credit. For help or advice with debt, please call... At this point, he'd pocketed his phone again and rushed home, continually trying to call Sarah as he drove, with no answer. Although she'd been supportive when he told her about this, for want of a better term, evil twin, seeing pictures of his exact duplicate with his tongue reaching for the back of several strangers' throats would be a sobering test of how much she'd believed him. Arriving home to find Sarah's car in the drive, but the house suspiciously quiet, Jake began to frantically search for any clue as to where she could have gone. It was at this time, accompanied by a shower of shattered glass, that the note arrived. Upon reading it, he immediately began to prepare for the encounter he was now racing inevitably towards. In 200 meters, your destination will be on the right. The parking structure was abandoned at this time of night. 
Parking on the fourth floor as instructed, not wishing to endanger Sarah by ignoring the direction, he checked once more he had everything and stepped out. The roof of the building had kept the interior dry for the most part, despite the driving rain, though in areas towards the open edges, puddles had formed, mixing with leaked fuel on the surface, making metallic rainbow patterns dance across the surface. Jake marched towards the light of the stairwell door with purpose at first, before becoming aware of the loud echoes of his footsteps reverberating off the concrete walls. Stupid, he muttered to himself in frustration, attempting to step more stealthily. He was close to the door now, and if he could just take this psycho unawares, it would be his best chance to... A sharp pain shot across the back of Jake's head as something struck him hard from behind. He doubled over, ears ringing and vision blurred. He fought hard to keep his thoughts in order. Must be him, hid behind pillar. Stupid. With considerable effort, Jake spun on his heel and faced his assailant only for the exertion combined with the disorientation to cause him to fall to his knees. It was like looking into a mirror. He fought hard to maintain consciousness, let alone gather the wherewithal to do something useful. The clone, with a wild look in his eyes and a crowbar in one hand, shouted at Jake. Just like the phone call, the voice was indistinguishable from his own. Where's my wife? Sarah must have gotten away from him somehow. At this, Jake rallied. He even let a smile cross his lips. Loser, you lunatic! Good! He said it with as much venom as he could muster. A plan was forming. You sick... The copy began, lunging at Jake with the crowbar once again. As he drew close, Jake allowed himself to drop forward, the bar passing harmlessly over his head while also bringing him close enough to jam the kitchen knife he'd concealed at his belt line into the side of the imposter's knee, sending him tumbling over to the side with a pained yelp as the crowbar clanged onto the concrete surface. Before Jake knew it, fueled by adrenaline, he pressed his advantage and, in a heartbeat, plunged the knife into his duplicate two, no, three more times, his tormentor wincing and whimpering with pain following each jab. The world began to return to sharp focus as the tide of the encounter turned, as the Jake replica now lay on his back, trying to edge backwards in retreat, tears in his eyes and with one hand attempting to stem the flow of blood from a wound in his torso, pushing an increasingly soaked shirt against the point Jake had stabbed him. This is my life! Jake panted, dashing forward to attack once again and end the nightmare once and for all. The facsimile roared with renewed vigor. Jake didn't hear the thwack this time. His addled brain pieced together after the fact that the fake Jake must have been crawling to retrieve it, rather than retreating. 
his inability to move most of his body with any purpose, and the gaps from missing teeth his tongue began to instinctively explore as he regained consciousness were dead giveaways that he'd succeeded and had managed to hit him. Hard. This ends now. The pretender gloated as he stood above the now undeniably defeated Jake as he lined up the hooked end of the crowbar for a coup de grace. A deafening crack rang out through the parking structure with enough force to cut through even the severe concussion Jake was currently swimming through. This was swiftly followed by the clang of the crowbar dropping to the floor. And then finally the thud of the shadow that had cast itself across Jake's life, falling dead to the ground. A new hole in his forehead finally setting the two apart visually. Sarah! Jake groaned as he painfully rolled over in the direction of the shot. Hates to disappoint you, Jake, said a painfully familiar voice. Had he possessed the energy to do so, Jake would have screamed. As it was, he just stared in silent disbelief as he looked at his saviour, who also looked exactly like him. Unlike the now-dead facsimile, this man looked calm and flashed a broad smile at him, speaking cheerfully as Jake lay on the floor. I'm a little disappointed in myself, if I'm honest. I promised I'd just let you two sort things out, but I just always preferred you to Robin there, so I cheated. Jake tried to voice any number of questions, but the words wouldn't come. Now, Jake, the problem with both of you inferior doppelgangers, besides severe head trauma, of course is that you don't think beyond simple binary processes. All these delusions of being rational and intelligent, and yet neither of you considered anything beyond the obvious. It made you both delightfully simple to manipulate. I hope it's some comfort that the best version of us is the one that we'll be carrying on. Looking at the state of you, it's clear I'm now the best looking as well as the most intelligent. (laughs) I've left your and Robin's wives somewhere they'll escape eventually, so not to worry. I've no issue with them, and their statements will be key to the interesting news curiosity you're about to become. Jake stared on, unable to speak, as new realizations of the previous month's events combined with the futility of his situation began to fall into place. Anyway, Mustache, lovely meeting you properly, albeit briefly. As he finished speaking, he smiled once again and leveled the gun at Jake's head. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Two Sides was written by Andy Conduit-Turner, Narrated by Ian McEwen, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Chris Zabriskie and Tom Robson. 
It's our favourite time of the year, and as such we are planning a week-long Halloween celebration. We'll be celebrating the witching season with a whole week of favourites and new episodes, culminating in a brand new story from Bram Stoker award-winning author Keelan Patrick Burke. So if you'd like to stay in the loop with the Halloween week, come over to the Facebook group and we'll let you know the details as soon as we have them. That's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. <laughs> Until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.